this is James Fremantle at Grass Matters, your great southern podcast. And our guest today is Verity Sutter. Verity is a project manager at Integrity Systems Company, which is a subsidiary of MLA. Uh, Verity, welcome to our Grass Matters podcast. Thanks, James. I'm really excited to be on the podcast today. It's a bit of a new um, curve, new learning for me, but I'm excited to be here. Um, so thank you very much. Oh, that's a pleasure. Um, now, I know that you're these days a Sydney girl, but you didn't grow up in Sydney. Tell, tell us a little bit about your agricultural background. For sure, James. So basically, um, I grew up in the central west in New South Wales in a place called Bathurst. I'm not sure if you've heard of um, that place, but it's pretty cold. Mm. Um, And I grew up on a property between Perthville and and Rockley Mouth. So it's about 20 minutes out of town. And we moved to the farm probably when I was about eight. And um, my parents had a, a Paul Dorset studge. And we also partnered with some family friends in a piggery. So um, when I was little, I was really active in feeding the pigs, obviously, in the sours. But I was um, also, when my mum went away on holidays, I got to look after the the farrowing shed, which is where all the babies are, and um, got to sort of do the the treatments and the animal health treatments in there to sort of um, give them the best growth growth rates um, when they were little. But I also played a really active role in our Paul Dorset start in terms of getting our sheep ready for shows and things. So I've always really loved the agriculture industry, um, hence why I've worked for MLA for the last 10 years in, in so many different roles. Yeah, I've got to pull you up on one thing, Verity. You reckon Bathurst is cold? It was minus three here where I am uh, a couple of nights ago at Dean in, in Victoria. Does it get that cold? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does get cold. I remember going to school um, and it used to, it doesn't snow, it sleets. So that means it's colder than snow. So I do remember going to school in kilts and stockings and I used to freeze like yep. nothing else. So right. I love we'll, it we'll, in Sydney. We'll call, we'll call that a draw then. Um, now, now, Verity, uh, you, you have a passion for animal health and I can mm. hear that in the way that you talk about uh, piglets as babies, um, you, you also have been linking data, using data to improve animal health. Tell us a little bit about that work. Yeah, so I've been a part of um, a program called Livestock Data Link for the last um, five years, I would say, um, while I've been working um, with MLA. And that's really around how we can start to link data along the supply chain to to help improve or optimise supply chain performance. So it's really about enabling um, processors to share data um, back to their suppliers to get the, the carcasses that they want for. So, for example, if you look at the Great Southern brand, um, it's – They've been on this journey with Livestock Data Link for quite a number of years and they're really all about providing this back to their producers um, to really start to understand how these animals can start to really hit that sweet spot for the Great Southern brand. And so it's around how we can really help producers or, or supply chains to link that data, to understand what that data is saying to them 
and then to help them make informed decisions based on that data coming through. And so animal disease feedback is just one set of data sets that livestock data link or um, or just animal disease feedback in general, even if it's with livestock data link or not. It's just one of those data sets now that we're able to collect and start to provide that back to producers to enable them to make informed decisions, as well as processes understanding what that means to their business as well. So before we go into a lot of detail about how this can be of benefit, there's a there's a project called the, the Health for Wealth Rural Research and Development for Profit Project, which is a bit of a mouthful, RRD4P. Um, can you tell us a, a bit about what that is and how that's a benefit to producers and processors? Yeah, so I agree totally. The Health for Wealth Rural for Profit Project is a mouthful, and that's why we just call it the Health for Wealth. So, um, mm. but basically, this is an initiative that's um, a collaboration across research and develop corporations, and and this is where we get to focus on industry priorities together across agriculture. So, this is an initiative between Australian Pork Limited (MLA) and the Australian Meat Processor corporation um, and we're all partnering this together with the government and we also got a couple of state departments um, providing in-kind support to this project and really this project the crux of this project is really about how can we start to enhance the sharing and utilization of disease and defect data along the supply chain to really start to improve productivity and profitability i, I suppose the question here is how do great southern producers get access to their beef disease feedback and the, the other question for me is is this something that that only comes from carcasses is it, or is it um, is this the data that's coming from carcasses well it comes from both so with disease and defect data you're going to know some of the diseases impact carcasses and some of the diseases are going to impact on the offal so it will it's it's both in terms of what that feedback's coming back and so when so if you think about it when you send an animal to um to Brooklyn, you, pay, you may not even know that it has a disease condition or it might not be performing as well as it could on, on farm. And so these are the kind of things, as a producer, you may not even know that they have this problem because they could just be carriers of it. And so the great thing is, is when it goes to Brooklyn now, as a great southern producer, you're going to start to know what your herd health is. Um, and so you're going to be able to see whether your carcasses is going to have to be trimmed because they had a disease condition. So did they have pneumonia? Did did their, um, did some of the part of their rib cage have to be um, removed, which then would impact on your carcass weight? But then it's also about, oh, did my, like processes are losing money um, in terms of whether their liver. Um, and so they, if you had liver fluke and you'd see the scarring or active, um, they're not able to use that. Um, product now um, and so they have to throw it out basically and it's a waste for them and so that's why it's really important as a producer to understand what your herd health is so you can start to provide the great southern brand with animals that they need and get a better premium because you're going to 
increase your carcass weight, but you're also going to hit that sweet spot for the Great Southern brand. Can you give us an example, um, Verity, in, in so, that gives us a bit of an indication <clears throat> of dollar terms of what you've been able to find in the benefits of, of uh, or the potential benefits of giving this data back to producers? So just a bit of a, a high-level benefit, um, we've done some research that um, recently that looked specifically just at liver fluke and it was just um, – it was looking at what the effect um, it has on carcass weight and daily gains on cattle and at just one abattoir, it showed that producers were losing around four hundred um, $49,000 due to reduced carcass weights for just that condition. And if you looked across that um, over a year, it was like $1.7 that producers were losing because of their carcass weight not hitting that sweet spot. And you think about that's just a producer perspective, but if you turn it around and look at it at a process perspective, just imagine the cost that they're losing as well from liver fluke. Um, so... It just highlights to us why it's so important that um, you need to proactively manage and and prevent disease conditions on farm. So, so how do Great Southern producers get access to this data? So, the great, um, the most exciting thing um, for Great Southern producers is if you're consigning livestock to um, Brooklyn, you're actually able to get animal disease and defect feedback now through Livestock Data Link. Um, and, and within that platform, you actually get it on five disease conditions initially. So, you'll get feedback on your liver abscess, liver fluke, pneumonia, nephritis, and I think it's high dadits from memory. And one of the great things about LDL is is it, it gives you support material to understand the disease condition um, and what preventative and treatments that you can do. So if you've consigned to Brooklyn in the last 12 months as a great southern producer, you actually probably most likely will have disease and defect data available in there for you to have a look at, which is really exciting. And, and this is something that people haven't had access to before, process, uh producers haven't had access to before? No, they haven't had it to that depth. They might know that they've had condemns or partially condemns, um, but they may not know what the reason why they were they had that condition. So it's a real first time for producers to start to get that feedback. From a beef perspective, I should say that from a sheep perspective, um, the National Sheep Health Monitoring Project and the Enhanced Abattoir Surveillance Project has been providing sheep producers feedback for a number of years but this is actually a real first time um for beef producers getting this type of feedback so processors who are export accredited have mandatory meat inspection services in place so how's this different to that well thank you for asking that question because it's really interesting because what's different here is that we are now getting companies to collect it against a common language. So in the past they were collecting it, but they were collecting it in their own ways and they were calling it different things. So what we've done now is we've standardised the way this information is collected at the, at the plant so that what can happen is now you can link this data together across multiple plants so then you can start to benchmark and understand 
um, from a region. So you can start to understand from a region or seasonally what those conditions are happening. And it can help in the future in terms of where we might want to target like extension programs where those kind of really key diseases. So that was one difference that was happening here. But the other one was is the feedback is going back to producers now. So in the past, as we sort of talked about previously, James, what what have they not received this in the past? Well, no, they haven't. And so this is the exciting part. This feedback is now going back to them. So, um, so it's exciting. Yeah. So anecdotally, uh, have producers been surprised at the, the data that's been that's come back to them? Have they, uh, I suppose, discovered new things about their herd health um, that they've then be, been able to act upon? So it's kind of quite new in um, in the stage in terms of releasing back to producers, but we've had and. I think over the very much over the last five years, we've heard very loud from industry they want this feedback back from um, their processes because they want to understand whether they're the reason why their animals are light or they're getting lighter weight. It could be because it's a disease condition that they just haven't picked up on. And I may not necessarily have a an example, but of a producer using it to date, but. If you think of it, if I was a producer in northeast Victoria and I was supplying, say, the Great Southern brand at Brooklyn twice a year and I was consigning animals and I sent off my animals and I jumped onto Livestock Data Link and I saw that half my half, half those animals that I consigned had liver fluke, for example, and I'd be wondering, well, it, it, do I need to do something about this? Have I, you know, I didn't even know I had liver fluke. I'm not drenching my animals or anything like that. And so I remember that I've consigned probably six months beforehand and I had a look to see if it, I had that. And so what that kind of does, James, it starts to make you think about whether I need to talk to somebody, whether I do have a problem, am I getting animals in? Um, from zones that have liver fluke um, and do I need to get an advisor to come in and do some faecal counts or blood tests to identify whether the herd has got it? Like does the rest of my herd have that? And so I think that's the great thing about animal disease feedback for, um, for producers. It starts to get them to think about whether they've got a healthy herd there and whether they actually need to either from a liver fluke example, whether I need to implement a drenching program, whether I need to um, stop my animals going into a particular area where there's mar- um, it's wet condition or um, marshy climate, or do I need to drench them before they go in there, or just putting biosecurity plan in place of new stock coming in to stop them um, that's, that spread. So yeah. what I'm just trying to really reiterate here is it just – really starts to encourage producers to monitor their herd health to help improve their bottom line by if they start to understand what disease conditions are impacting them on farm, they're going to improve their weight um, and improve their performance and then they're going to maximise their carcass yield when they go to um, to Brooklyn Yeah, and hit so that look, it, spot. It, it, it may be quite an an, an obvious question. I think you've you've probably covered it to a certain extent. It, it's very clear how this can be beneficial to producers. What about in terms of the overall industry? How, how, 
what sort of particularly economic benefit are we likely to see from this feedback of data back to producers? So from an industry perspective, um, I suppose I'm just going to go back to some figures that we've done. We've done a lot of research uh, with Livestock Data Link around, you know, compliance and animals hitting specifications and, and why it's important to get feedback back to help help industry hit that sweet spot. So, for example, processors are able to um, get the product that they need for their markets or their customers. But I suppose the, the key here is we know that just um, in the Australian processing industry, they're losing about 11.8 to 50 million per year just on carcasses that are not hitting spec due to either being condemned or meat and offal losses. So you can understand that it is costing the processing industry a lot of money in terms of those type of conditions coming through um, and that their animals are just not hitting the specs that they need them to. Yeah, well, there's, there's costs there too in, in transport to processes, isn't there? If you're transporting yeah. animals that are not going to make the grade, then uh, there's all sorts of costs right along the supply chain. Correct. You That's very true. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's terrific work and I, I think it's um, obviously uh, exciting from a processes as well as a producer's point of view. Um, the, the Health for Wealth program is really a collaborative effort, isn't it? So, yes, James, the great thing about the Health for Wealth, it's not just been a collaborative across the um, rural develop research and development corporations. Without key players like processors um, such as Brooklyn and their suppliers, along with solution providers, we wouldn't actually have been able to prove the importance or the value the value of providing this information back to um, along the supply chain to help improve that productivity and profitability. So I think this is one of the great success stories is really around just how collaborative this whole piece of work was and that it wouldn't be able to be achieved without working with supply chains to prove that you could share this information. Mm. And and that use of data to make decisions on farm is uh, is sort of where where we're going with this, isn't it? It's not just data that that make make decisions about uh, what what happens with carcasses. It it has to go back to what's the producer doing on farm that reduces those those disease stats. That's right, Jane. So it's it's such a important from an industry perspective that we're starting to use data and understand data to really start to make informed decisions. And I suppose that's what's really great about Livestock Data Link in terms of it's really a tool for producers to get aggregated data in one spot so they can get all their carcass compliance data um, they can get their lean meat yield data, they can get their eating quality data, and now they can get their animal disease data all in one spot within Livestock Data Link so they can really start to make informed decisions on what they might need to do to improve their animal performance. So if their carcass is out of specs against the Great Southern brand, is it in the sweet spot or is it out, the, out of that sweet spot? 
Um, is there now that you've got disease feedback? Is um, is my carcass weight light because I've had to remove like a your part of the lung was removed, or was my eating quality impacted because um, it had liver fluke and I didn't know that and it was impacting on my glycogen levels, which then and, and impacted on my weight, which also flows mm. onto how my carcass will eat from an eating quality perspective. So it just shows you how important it is to understand that information and where Livestock Data Link is providing that mechanism to aggregate that data to help producers and processors make informed decisions. And there's a there's a library as well related to LDL, isn't there? That so so producers can go looking for further information. Yeah, so that's really what one of the great things about Livestock Data Link is you get a snapshot of your data, you know how your animals are performing, but that's that's the great thing that then you can just click off, like so there's little links in the reports where you actually can go off to a solutions to feedback library or a library of resources as I call it, um, and it gives you some information about the problem. So you can get a snapshot of what it's about and then it can give you some um, some just additional information to learn more about it. So you can start as a producer to think, do I need to make a change on farm? What could I be doing? And so if you look at it from a liver food perspective, you know, um, there's an example of a producer in, in North East where he has been working with the Great Southern brand for quite a number of years in terms of um, – that type of data coming through from a carcass compliance but also from a disease perspective, he's been able to look at that data and then gone, well, maybe I need to change my practice in terms of how I introduce animals into that property. So it just shows you why data is so important and then that support material to help producers understand the problem so they can start to make informed decisions of what to do on farm to hit that sweet spot. Yeah, look, it's a terrific solution. It's great to hear of these really useful initiatives. And uh, I have fond memories of um, doing a, a program called Feedback TV with MLA some years ago as a, as a presenter and visiting uh, farms all around the country where people were doing innovative, um, really cutting-edge work uh, with their herds and, and with the production of, of meat. And it was amazing to see the way that producers were picking up that use of data and applying it to, the, to their work and it, being able to evolve much more quickly than they previously had. And that, I think that's the, the big benefit, isn't it, of, of, of this access to data that we now have. Yeah, definitely, James. I agree with that. I think I think um, in the future, producers are, are going to definitely be able to start to look at data, and but then also think what data is important from my business and what I need to focus on to get the best decision uh, to make the best decisions for my business. And so I think it's just great to see that industry is now starting to really link all these different data sets to really help supply chain understand how how things are impacting. So Verity, this this of course is a pilot program that's been run out of Brooklyn. What what happens next? What's the future for this type of work? 
So the exciting thing, James, is this is not the end of, of um, animal disease feedback through livestock darling. So one of the great things with the Great Southern brand is they're really committed in providing this feedback back to their producers. Um, and so really the next step is, yes, it was just um, piloted in Brooklyn, but there is definite plans for them to roll it out across all their um, plants in the southern area to start providing this feedback to the, their producers. So I think it's really exciting from that perspective and and it's not the end for what um, what we currently got in Livestock Data Link is just really basic at the moment, but there's so many plans in terms of just enhancing that sort of reporting and, and starting to to benchmark um, and provide benchmarking back to Great Southern producers so they can start to understand how their herd is performing on farm, but also to see how they're performing against others in their region and, and state. And I think, like James, something that's really exciting um, that Great Southern's been doing for quite a number of year, years um, is they've been benchmarking their producers and, and they've been benchmarking them from a carcass compliance perspective and um, doing uh, like awards programs for ones that are performing really well. And I just, this um, animal disease feat, back is just going to be another component that they add on to that benchmarking each year. So I think it's just really exciting to see that the more data sets that we're getting that is just going to link into how we benchmark and start to see those trends of different diseases over seasons, but also start to understand where we need to target um, extension and adoption programs of where um, specific disease conditions are really impacting um, areas to give them guidance on what they need to do. Uh, can, can, can we do this for COVID-19? I'm not sure. We probably could do it on COVID-19. I'm pretty sure they're doing heat mapping, aren't they, at the moment? I think you can kind of see, but I'm not sure. It would be good to – it would be interesting to see if they could. Yeah, we'll take a take a herd health approach and, uh, um, yeah, anyway, we probably shouldn't go down that rabbit hole. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. It just sounds <laughs> like it's out of control in certain areas, but it would be interesting. I'm pretty sure the government provides a bit of heat mapping that I've seen in mm. the past of where mm. conditions are, but, um, yeah, I don't know whether I'd like to know. <laughs> no. Anyway. Verity Sutter, thank you very much for your contribution to Grass Matters podcast this week. Our Grass Matters podcast is available every Thursday after lunch from 2pm and you can listen to it, of course, whenever you want to, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow us on socials at the greats, at Great Southern Family. At Great Southern Family is our handle. Thanks very much and we'll talk to you next time.